Welcome to the RV Dreaming Podcast. And hey there, welcome to another episode of the RV Dreaming Radio Podcast. It's your mix of RV news, interviews, music, just everything you need to be able to hit the road and just have a great time as you're moving from one spot to the other. So if you are a current traveler and you're looking for tips and tricks and just hearing about stories of people just like you on the road, you found the right spot. And if you are looking to get on the road and you're just trying to absorb as much information as possible, well, welcome to you too. You as well are in the right place. My name is Stuart. You can find me on Instagram at Stuart Doing Stuff. And uh, I I travel full-time right now. I'm in my third year right now. I'm in my uh, Class B motorhome, and I also have a Super C that um, I think I'm going to be getting back later this year. It's uh, been in a rental fleet in uh, Florida, and I'd love to tell you about that experience. Let me tell you, there's some stories to be had there. I'm not saying don't put your rig into a rental fleet. I'm just saying, well... I'm not going to say anything right now. We'll save that one for a little bit later. And, you know, being in a a big van, one thing I noticed is I spent a lot less time in RV parks and campgrounds. I spent more time boondocking or stealth camping or whatever. But when I had that Super C, I was boondocking. There's no such thing as stealth camping in that in that uh, Super C. There's just there's no way. It's 40 foot long. You, you, and it's got big graphic wraps and stuff like that. And then there's, there's no way you can be stealthy in that thing. And it got me thinking, if I bring this back like if I decide to use it more or live in it or, or switch back into that rig from my van I'm going to be spending a lot more time in RV parks and it got me thinking about all of the rules that campgrounds have and RV parks have that to me just make my mind wander like what in the world and I know rules come from people doing stupid stuff these rules are not just I don't think campground management or ownership sitting around a coffee table, throwing a couple back and going, how can we make our customers' lives more difficult? I don't think that's what they do. I think they put these rules into place because of stupid customers that they've had in the past or experiences that they've gone through. Like, I'm believing, I'm actually staying in an RV park right now. I decided after getting back from Canada and being on the road every day for over a month that I'm going to settle down. I am going to just kind of relax and take the edge off a bit. And I was in the campground shower just this morning and there were little white eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper. You know, you just go and put up some things. This It's not officially printed in like the big brochures that you get when you check in. There were just these little signs that were up in the uh, thing. And the sign said, no pets in bathrooms, please. They, they added the please, so thank you. You're welcome. And, and then there was another one that said, no dying hair in the sinks. And so... I have to see that and just assume that that rule or the, or somebody put that up there because somebody was dyeing their hair in the sink. Like, are all these campground rules really the fault of the campground owner or the management, or are these are these rules really our fault? 
as as users because we do things that we wouldn't do in our own home. So you're in your RV, your home, if you're a full timer, and you 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 went to the campground bathroom to dye your hair because you knew of the mess and the stains that it would leave in your own rig. So you you go and do it somewhere else. So is it really their fault that we we got to this situation? I don't, I don't know. I and, and that got me thinking. What other rules? that are out there that just don't seem to make sense. So I went to Facebook and I posted in our RV Dreaming TV Facebook page. And if you're not following that, you should definitely go in there and follow our RV Dreaming TV on Facebook because we have a conversation there about stuff. And I asked, hey, what are some strange campground rules that you've come across during your travels? And I I picked up a lot from there that I'm going to share with you here in a second. And I also Googled it. And RVTravel.com came up with a whole bunch, including including this, this book that somebody wrote called Karen Goes Camping. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read the book, but I will read the synopsis for you in, in just a little bit. But some of our some of our reviews here, uh, someone said, uh, I was recently camping at and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name the parks where these are at. I'm just going to give you the rule. If you want to know what the parks are, you can go to the RV Dreaming TV Facebook page and you can find out. Uh, So anyways, I was recently camping at this park in Colorado and there was a sign that read, No Llamas in the Campground. (laughs) Okay, well... That may not be a, uh, a big one. <laughs> There's another one. No toenail clipping in the showers. And, um, you know, no dare hi- uh, hair dyeing in the sink, so you might as well not clip your toenails in the shower. But can you dye your hair in the shower and clip your toenails in the sink? That's what I want to know. A uh, park in Pennsylvania, the, the person says, can't remember which one, says, Oh, this is an interesting one. Pets only allowed in campsites on one side of the road. So, you know how you're going down the road and there's there's RV sites on the right and there's RV sites down on the left or campsites or whatever? You can only have pets, I guess, on sites that are one side. This person says, honestly, sites on one side of the road or the other allowed to have dogs and on the other not. That, that one I... That one's kind of a weird one, too. No political affiliation flags. Now, that's something I've been seeing more and more, and I kind of agree with. I, I like to, when I'm, when I'm going to a campground or I'm heading out, the last thing I want is, is divisiveness. I, w- I want to go out. I want to have a good time. I want to meet new people. And I want to share the joys that we all have in common, which is camping and RVing and travel. We don't need to create any other situation where we can find a way to not like each other. You know, this is this is supposed to be about community. This is supposed to be about meeting new people and enjoying your weekend away if you're a weekender or, or your vacation or whatever. We don't we don't need to find new ways to to hate one another. So I'm I'm okay with the no political affiliation flags. There's one here that says if you have to deal with people on a regular basis, I get the most out of these rules. No common courtesy, no common sense anymore. LOL one we went to oh one campground we went to had rules in all caps and exclamation points a lot of them behind i get it people can be nasty people probably fed up that was one of the answers here someone else says pet friendly places that don't allow certain breeds that's not very pet friendly 
Okay, I got that one. A a national park campground. No generators after 8 p.m., even when it's still 100 degrees outside. And, and, you know, I agree with that one, too. There's got to be some sense of um, common sense that goes into this. If it's hot and humid and it's summer and it's still light out at 8 o'clock and whatever, yeah, you need to take care of your people. And running an air conditioner... Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know why, or running a generator is what this says. I, I guess if you're in a park, I'm trying, trying to figure this out. So it says here they're in a national park campground, which to me would imply they have power. So why would you need your generator? You should be able to, anyways. Here's one, actually kind of along the same line. Can't run your air conditioner during the day if you're not at your site. I have a dog and a cat, and they need AC in 98-degree weather. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that's just a, an attempt for the campground people to manage their their electrical costs, but pets are people too. There's a, I, I'm pretty sure this is meant to be comical. It says, when walking through another RV or space without permission, please watch out for the trip wires as they are not readily seen. Now, I would love to take that and put that on a sign and put that up in the sites because just yesterday or no, I'm sorry two days ago when I was at this campground there was somebody that did that they did that consistently I'm sitting out there having a glass of wine watching the sunset and twice of the same group they just walked right through my carpet through my area and I just kind of gave them this look and they just gave me this eviler look back like this look that this girl gave me she was like I dare you to say something it was like they were trying to bait me and I just, I, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I just couldn't, I don't know. So I, I, I like that sign. Um, here's one that says, Every registered camper and guest must wear a name tag at all times. <laughs> what are we at, like a little business mixer or something? Uh, it says, The RV Resort, oh, RV Resort. Ooh, fancy. Even specified that swimming or using the hot tub, your name tag must be readily available. Here's another one from RVTravel.com. It says, One campground was intent on fining people as if the high campsite price wasn't enough. These were their rules. Dispose of waste in the restroom. Fine. $150. Use generator. Fine. $100. Go past checkout time. Fine. $3 an hour. Don't buy their firewood. Fine. Leaving untidy campsites, fine, and cleaning charge. Early check-in, fine, $25. Late checkout, fine, $25. And and there was actually one up here. Go past checkout time, fine, $3 an hour. So this is a late checkout, fine, $25. And a go past checkout time, fine, $3 an hour. <laughs> so we're going to come back with one of my biggest rules that I wish were a rule, but it's not right after this. Live your life within the moment, moment. And don't go wait until the morning, morning. You never know when it is over, over. All that I know is we'll get older, older. Our bodies move to the groove and the light the flickers We get lost in the crowd, it's getting thicker 
can't get away from the drinks and chatter Haven't said a word, but it doesn't matter Feel the air getting wet Standing in a blurry dream No one else can see her Live your life within the moment, moment And don't go wait until the morning Let's decide a way the rv dreaming podcast stewart here with you from stewart doing stuff one one it's not a this is more of a pet peeve i guess it's not so much of a a, a rule but uh when i was in my super c i i used thousand trails a lot to find my campgrounds and one thing that really bugged me about that is i'm in a 45 i need a big space preferably a pull through and what really bugged me that there was no rule against is i would find this you know find these big campground you know pull through spaces that i need but these big 60 foot spaces that 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 are good for my rig are being occupied by vans or by tiny little uh 25 28 foot vans that don't need 50 amp power mine does where there's a specific section for 30 amp powers and for smaller rigs there's no there was no rule that prevented a smaller rig from taking up these big old spaces that to me should be something i don't know that's just my thing so as i'm i'm going through all of this and i'm reading all these kind of rules and, and getting prepped for this there's there's this book I came across and it is it's called Karen Goes Camping. <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm not gonna read you the book, but I'm gonna read you the description. Um and you can find this you can read this for free on Amazon Kindle or you can buy it on paperback through Amazon. I think it's like eight bucks or something like that. It's fully illustrated. It looks neat. You can download it for free on the Amazon Kindle if you have that. But I'm gonna read this to you. Karen Goes Camping is a funny story about a family's first camping experience. After Karen's kids begged her to go on a camping trip, she agreed, but did not realize what she was getting into. Mosquitoes, burnt marshmallows, campfire smoke, and uncomfortable sleeping arrangements left Karen feeling haggard. Karen is fancy, important, and be quite the diva. She has never been camping before. She did not know what supplies to bring or what to wear. And thank goodness for her sweet husband, Dave, who kept bringing her wine to take the edge off. <laughs> I can relate. 
Karen's son James presents Camping Rules, which turned the camping trip into an interesting experience for the uptight mother of three. Karen was appalled that these, quote, camping rules were a thing. She eventually learned that camping rules are awesome, and she was going to be the champion of the contest. Karen decides that she likes camping with these, quote, camping rules, but is making sure the family's next camping trip will involve glamping. You know, divas sometimes need the extra comforts of life. <laughs> so it says, this is a great family book that will teach you all about the best, quote, camping rules and how to use them. Cussing is allowed while camping, so you might find a curse word or two in the book. The story is based on the author's camping experience with their family of five. They have been using camping rules for decades on every camping trip or similar outdoor situation. Karen Goes Camping is also a perfect gift for your diva friends that can relate to lightening up in the great outdoors. So, sometimes kids love quote camping rules more than adults. You can learn why they are and why you'll understand Sometimes kids love camping rules more than adults. When you learn what they are, you will understand why. By purchasing the book, you are supporting the new author. Yada, 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 yada. I already found, uh, told you how you find it, but you can write it for free on uh, Amazon Kindle, or you can buy it uh, through Amazon for $7.99. And uh, if anyone does that, you know, go to the Facebook page, RV Dreaming TV, and drop your comments in there and, t and tell us what, you, what it's all about. You know, and one thing that you see at a lot of different RV parks and campgrounds are families. And we're going to be talking to RVFamily.life coming up next on the RV Dreaming Podcast. And we're going to learn all about them and how they travel and everything they're all about. Coming up next on the RV Dreaming Podcast. Don't hang up. Can we be friends again? I give up. I know how this ends Might sound strange But I'd give my life for you Nothing's changed I just ran away from the truth One of us makes a mistake We work our way through the heartache That's what we do
You're listening to the RV Dreaming Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, and thanks for listening. And welcome back to RV Dreaming. I am really excited about our next guest because we see a lot of different people on the roads from single nomads to retired. But one of the things that I always kind of said, how do they do that? Are families, these people out there with these big fifth wheels or toy haulers going down the roads and you're just like, wow, how do you get a family of four or a family of five and pets and all that into this big old rig and just travel? Well, I'm really excited to introduce to you our guests for the day. Let me hit the right button here. We have David and Tanya from RVFamily.life with us today. Guys, welcome to RV Dreaming and thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Good to see you, Stuart. <laughs> so you guys are traveling with two kids, ages 12 and 9, and a dog and a cat. Not just any dog, a big dog, a shepherd. Tell me about the rig that you're in, first of all. How do you all fit? We're in a fifth wheel. It's an open range. We've got a uh, Ram Mega Cab Dually that pulls it. Thankfully, I think if we were a bigger family, it would be a struggle. We would probably have to have a, a second vehicle. The animals are able to travel along with us without any issue and then the rv for us feels like a mansion it's our second rv and the original one we started out with was a little 26 foot travel trailer with uh, no slides because i was originally scared of slides we had to upgrade and now it feels like we're in a, a great big mansion with so much space that everybody's got some place to sit or lay down or mm-hmm. walk mm-hmm. around in fact we even have an island in the rv and we're able to we'll chase the dog around the island and <laughs> have fun just like we used to in the house so how long have you guys been on the road now we sold the house november of 2021 i've discussed it recently like there's always this thought process in your head that you have like regrets you you think about the grass is greener on the other side and sometimes when it gets tough on the road you think man it sure would be nice if I didn't have this rolling house and I didn't have to worry about everything you know, shaken apart, but I've lived on both sides of it. And I know that there's always going to be regrets from both sides. Yes. It's always going to be grass is greener on the other side, no matter what. So I'm still happy we made this choice. I want to go back to something that you mentioned, because this is, so I started out in a 40 foot super C and now I downsized to a, a Mercedes Sprinter van. So I'm kind of doing the van life thing. One of the reasons that kind of was a straw that broke my camel's back was the slides. You mentioned that you were afraid of like slides, like, I don't want to deal with this. And that was the one reason why I kind of threw my hands up in the air and went, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm going simple. I'm going easy. I'm going less whatever. First off, slides are a big thing in the RVer community. You, you can't seem like you can't go more than a week without talking to somebody about their slides or slide problems or slide adjustments or something, some horror story, you know, happening. You mentioned that your very first rig was you didn't have any because you didn't want it, but now you're in a one with, with how many slides do you have? And do you know the kind that you have? We have four slides and they're all cable. Have, have you had any problems with, with any of them at all? No, but I'm going to knock on the desk now. But... <laughs> <laughs> I know I didn't mean to jinx you there, but. When, when we bought it, one of the things I always recommend to people is join Facebook groups that are pertaining to your specific brand that you're interested in even before you buy it. One of the things I was noticing was a lot of people were having problems with the cable slides in the brand that we have, the open range RV. And a lot of people were saying, bring along extra parts, you can fix them. And I've got one friend that he has always had a spare part and never had a problem, but he also never puts his slides out unless he knows he's perfectly level. So I've always kind of followed his 
thought process there and made sure I was always level before we put the slides out. But yeah, we, we've not had any problems. You know, one of the things that I kind of look at is you can't be afraid of other people's experiences. You hear these horror stories about something that happened and it's really easy to go, oh no, I, I can't deal with that. That's too stressful. Oh, I would, I, I don't know how I would react. I'm not going to do this slide. Part of it is just like doing what exactly what you just said learning from others, finding out how things have gone wrong with them and making sure you don't do it. Cause a lot of the slide problems I heard, it always starts with, well, I wasn't completely level, <laughs> you know, there's always yeah. something that you can take away from other people's stories. So I'm kind of guessing that you've had some experience where something didn't go right or something that you were doing where you went, Oh crap, why did I do that? Did you, do you, is, what, is anything happened to you since you've been on the road where you had those moments? More than once. <laughs> <laughs> Tearing off part of the wall on the back of the RV. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. So yeah. what happened to tearing off the wall? Oh, it was geez. a tight campground. It was like a jungle. This was in uh, Florida. And they had four by six giant posts used to mount the, the water spigots. And so I was trying to kind of do like the multiple point, multiple point turn, like uh, Austin Powers. I don't know if you remember that from the movie. Trying to shimmy my way into this this site, and I completely neglected the tail swing as I was kind of turning and straightening it out. And like she, her legs were hurting, and so I was like, you know what? It's okay. You can stay in the in the truck today. I've got this. And I remember I had the windows down, and all of a sudden I said, "That's a sound I don't recognize. I don't know what that sound was." Yeah. That's that can't be good. And I got out and went back there and the, the back wall was ripped about three inches back and the, the girls' Legos were falling down in the dirt below from their bedroom and I teared up. Yeah. She she good. she came out, she was like, Holy it's like it's okay fine we'll yes. figure this out and we established that point where she's asked a couple times she'll stop and say should i get out and help and then she just stops talking and she just gets out she's yes. like mm -hmm. if i have to ask yeah. i'm just gonna get out and and we're gonna go work through this together you're listening to the rv dreaming podcast we want our lives to be like a
to the RV Dreaming Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and thanks for listening. Well, when we started this, it was to share experiences with people, not just like the great places we go, but also helping people to understand what to expect when they arrive places, which goes beyond just a national park or a fancy waterfall. Mm-hmm. People want to know what to expect when they pull into a campground. What's the gate like as they pull up? What's the road like? What's the bathhouse like or the power post or, you know, just helping people to better understand what they're going to get out of this life. Mm -hmm. And then as well as that, you know, when we're sitting somewhere for a while, like a rainy day, Mm -hmm. what's it like sitting inside of your RV with your family on a rainy day? You mentioned what life is like inside of your, your RV when it's just raining outside. What do you do as a family during these times? We watch movies or star something Star Wars related. We watch. <laughs> or, or YouTube. Or YouTube. We, we've got a, our oldest daughter is actually uh, fascinated with Japanese culture right now. Mm-hmm. And we've, I remember one of the last ones we did, it was like we just sat there all day and watched people going around to vending machines in, in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And it was just Fascinating. We sat there eating ramen, watching the rain outside and watching people walk around Tokyo. How long have you guys been on the road? Since uh, about a year and a half. We were weekenders before that. So how was it with the kids saying, hey, we're going to sell the house and we're going to move into this at the time, even a smaller trailer. How did you handle that conversation with them and what was their reaction? At first, it wasn't terrible they they were going to miss some of their friends not all of them (laughs) but some of their friends they would they would miss and now looking back I don't think they they have any regrets I think our youngest came to David and said she she had a dream that she went back in time and told her dad to start RVing sooner that's surprising she actually told told him that I think they're loving it especially her she's very social whose idea was it to to kind of start going full-time i'd say it happened between us yeah we we were doing the weekend thing and we had already been doing youtube we started a different youtube channel about tent camping that evolved Mm -hmm. into the rv and then through that we met a lot of other people through youtube other youtubers that we were hanging out with and and we had a birthday party in one of Mm -hmm. their rvs and we're like this is totally feasible yeah they were already full-time so we started hanging out with them and learning that this is how they live is just like a house. It went from there where that we had a meetup with some other YouTubers at an RV park on a beach. And we got to talking to a guy and he's like, yeah, I just pay $800 for a month and I'm a hundred feet away from the beach. And we had been to yeah. a campground by my sisters in the mountains in Colorado for $400 a month. And mm-hmm. the numbers started adding up. And I'm like, now that I know about things like monthly rates, as opposed to just the daily rates, I'm like, this is starting to Mm-hmm. Like when it was just thinking about 50 bucks a night, it's like, I could never afford that. You spend a lot of time in campgrounds. You spend a lot of time RV parks. Are you a boondocker? I think the phrase is RV park princess. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we refer to our RV. The one we got has a residential fridge and that really needs pretty much constant power. I've run it without anything, just the batteries in it. Three and a half hours, it killed the batteries. And then the fridge shut down. It's like, okay, we're going to have to have power. We've done generators for a few times, but it just kind of makes more sense for us to, to stick with RV Park. One of the debates that I've had with some other fellow YouTubers was about the differences between like the people that go all out with solar and lithium packages as opposed to someone who 
purchases a big thousand trails membership and just kind of you know they're both similar in cost and but once you travel down one of those paths until you pay it off you're kind of stuck on that path we were able to finance the thousand trails the the adventure pass which is the top of the line one and before we did that when you're talking about budget i had set a like a monthly budget of try not to go over 700 dollars a month for rent and then the other thing to know when you try to do monthly is a lot of times they'll want to charge you uh, for electricity so they want a meter read I had a budget of $150 a month. So that equaled out to pretty much $850 a month of a budget for places to stay with the rig. And when I I actually, we had bought outright a Elite Connections plan used. And then I helped some other friends to purchase their 1,000 Trails Pass. And I got to learn about the financing and everything. And when we got all done with it, I'd say we're spending about $300 a month for that Adventure Pass finance. And I'm like, okay. And then we, they don't charge us for the electricity. So unless we have like this month where we're staying somewhere that's not Thousand Trails, most of the time it's we're just paying that $300 a month each month. And that's considerably less than what our budget was. So that was a huge savings for us. The downside is we have to use it. If we don't, <laughs> then we're taking that money away. So how do you guys decide where you're going to go travel? For like the West Coast, Tanya has a friend out in Oregon. Before we ever bought the Thousand Trails, that kind of added into it. We saw that there was a lot of Thousand Trails by her friend. With our family that's over here in New York, we're like, well, there's a lot of Thousand Trails up and down the East Coast. We just kind of blend it together. It's like a target of visit someone and then stay at the Thousand Trails nearby. The struggle will be when I, my family is in South Dakota and there's no Thousand Trails. <laughs> so we're trying to figure out a better option because the last time we went it cost us quite a bit of money to go stay near my family it's time to start doing some mooch docking yeah we have done that that was uh <laughs> <laughs> how i got my first poopsie from a stinky slinky <laughs> do you involve your kids in the decision making process on on how you travel and where you're going and who you're gonna go see a little bit when we started out i asked them it's like okay what's your bucket list places you want to go and the older one's like i don't know <laughs> younger one's like i just want to see yellowstone someday it, it's been more about the people they've met along the way and that's that's so important it's always about the community the people and and what i've found is when you're on the road your community can be just as strong if not stronger than you would find in any neighborhood or sticks or bricks or apartment condo building or anything else. We've been chatting with uh, RVLife.family, and uh, that's how people can find you online, right, at RV.life? Yep, that's it's how it started. The dot .life was a lot cheaper than the dot .com, and it's like, well, that just makes sense. We, It's the life. Well, thanks for joining us today on the RV Dreaming Podcast. Thanks to the RVLife.family, and uh, be sure to go and check them out. In the meantime, thanks for listening to this episode of the RV Dreaming Radio Podcast. Just reminding you to enjoy your travels, make them safe, make them fun, and make them memorable. This is Stuart from Stuart Doing Stuff signing off. Until next time, you guys be safe out there, and we'll see you on the road. Thanks for listening to the RV Dreaming Podcast. See the action on Instagram. Stuart Doing Stuff. Hear about it on the podcast. Be sure to subscribe. We'll see you in the next episode.